I don't know if you have seen that commercial yet. Um, the first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it. Is that not one of the coolest things you have ever seen? I can't imagine how long it took to put that together. And, um, and of course, I love it because I do love sports. My dad, again, being a f- football, basketball, baseball coach, a phys ed teacher, um, I love sports. And I love what it said in that video when it said, nothing can stop what we can do together. See, that's, that's part of the beauty of sports is it's a team thing. You come together and you have these amazing goals. And so what do you do with sports? The effort, the commitment that people give, the focus and the sacrifice that athletes give and why. I think there's two main reasons why we suffer in our bodies and give up our time for sports. One is because of the passion for the game. The passion for the game. In fact, as NFL players are deciding whether they're gonna do, uh, play in this COVID season or not, and some people are opting out, I watched one interview and the guy said, he goes, I just love the game too much to not play. So the passion for the game. The other reason, though, that we give up the, the sacrifice and the effort and the commitment and the focus is because you wanna win the prize. So it's the passion of the game and because you wanna win the prize. There's nothing like winning. So I looked up some photos I wanna show you real quick. The first one is, this is the Detroit Tigers winning the World Series. And when I look at this picture, it's just, there's the passion. You can just see the, the fervor inside of people because they, they're passionate about the game. Here's a second one. This is the Red Wings, the Detroit Red Wings winning the Stanley Cup. And you've seen so many photos like this, but you receive the trophy, you win the prize and you hold it up. There's all these pictures too where people are always kissing the trophy because they gave everything they had so they could win the prize. And then here's the Detroit Pistons when they won the NBA championship. And you can just see what? Pure joy, like the joy and the smiles. It's I, when you win, man, that's what happens. There's passion, there's the prize, and there's the joy. Now, you guys notice that I don't have a photo for the Detroit Lions. So, <laughs> oh, the pain as well of not being able to win the prize. Now, here's what's interesting. In the scripture, the holy word from God to us. The scripture actually uses athletics. It actually uses sports to help us to understand some spiritual realities. And here's what God says in his word. That that type of passion, that type of prize of winning, and that type of joy God is saying, that's what I'm offering you in life, not in a sport. He says, if I live in you and you share in my life, in other words, if we're in union with God and his spirit lives inside of us, is what, and that's what this is all about. He says, eternal life again is that you know me, that I'm inside you. He goes, if I'm inside you, I will give you a passion and a prize 
far beyond any athletic thing you've ever been involved in. So if you're joining us today at K2 and you're maybe seeking after God or wondering about the Christian faith, I just wanna let you know that you could have something in your life that gives you a passion and that's a prize that's worth living for. And probably specifically today too, mainly, mainly, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian here today, then that means God is living inside of you. And so we're gonna look at our lives and just go, hey, does this passion of God and does this prize of God exemplify my life? Does it exemplify your life? And so, and when you're in union with God, here's what, I'm, here's what we're gonna share today. People are the passion and people are the prize. And I wanna tell you, this is so important for us right now in the midst of this COVID. I know we're out more than we were before, but there's still the sense of isolation and people being careful. Man, our relationships right now, you guys, matter more than ever. And so that's why in this series, you know, from the heart, I wanna share from my heart, God's heart and his passion and the prize that he wants to offer us, all right? So let me just pray for us and then we will uh, go into the message. Father, I just thank you for this word from you today, for this scripture. And I thank you, God, that you tell us that your word is alive and active and that it can penetrate right into the very soul of our being. And I pray that they would do that today. I'm asking God that you would touch our hearts and help us to understand this passion that you have for people and for the prize that we should be living for, which are people. God, will you anoint these words, speak to every one of our hearts and help us to live the life that you've created for us in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm gonna share, uh, the, the, the passage I'm gonna share is from 1 Thessalonians. So let me just give you a little background of Thessalonians. So in Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 17, which is the story of how the church formed, um, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament, his partner Silas, and the young man he was mentoring, Timothy, were basically planting a church. And they were in Thessalonica. So they're teaching in Jewish synagogues, then they're telling them that the Messiah must suffer and that he must rise again from the dead. And then they're telling them that this Jesus that we're proclaiming to you, he is the Messiah. And it says that many people put their faith in Christ. And that's, that's how a church starts, is people find faith and then they come together and they create this community. Well, the scriptures tell us that the Jewish leaders in Thessalonica were super angry at this new teaching. And so they actually roused up a mob and they started a riot in the city. And it was so intense that Paul and Silas and Timothy had to escape at night. So they left and they went to Berea and then they went to Athens. So they leave this really, really young church. But what's crazy is in, the first, in 1 Thessalonians chapter one, we find out that even though they're a young church, they've become a model church. They become a model for like, it says for all the believers in the area. But Paul, because he's separated from them, because he had to leave them, his main concern 
was for their faith. And so they matter to him and their faith matters to him. So now let me read you the scripture, okay? Because again, what are we gonna look at? That people are the passion and people are the prize. And he uses an athletic illustration. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter two, verses 17 through 18 says this. But brothers and sisters, when we were torn away from you for a short time in person, not in heart, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see your face. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our joy, our glory, and our joy. So man, let's, let's, let's just pull apart these few verses. People are the passion when God's living inside of you. So the scripture again, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17. He says, but brothers and sisters, when we were torn away from you for a short time. Now this is interesting because that word torn away literally in the Greek language means having been orphaned. What Paul is saying here is it's the word for the extreme anguish of a child who has lost their parents. And it could be flipped around. That's what, that that what is, was its main use, but it could be flipped around to the extreme anguish of a parent losing their children. If, if you ever wonder if Paul was passionate about these people, he's like, when we got torn away from you, that's what it felt like. It's that extreme. The people in this church are intertwined into his heart. And so he goes on, he says, torn away from you for a short time in person, but not in heart. <laughs> Though physically we're unable to see you, you are not absent from my heart. And you guys, we, we know what this is like. When, when I uh, asked Susie to marry me, I was living in Southern California and she was living in Missoula, Montana. And so we were separated from each other. Now, we're engaged and we can't be with each other. So I was not saying, well, you know what, honey, since, uh, since I can't see you, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Heck no, are you kidding me? Not in our hearts. What happens? What happens when you're away from someone that you're passionate about? We, we know the phrase, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Togetherness, when we're together with each other, it meets the social need that God has created in us for humans. But separateness intensifies the feelings. And that's a good thing. And Paul was saying, listen, man, I hate the fact that we're torn apart. It hurts me. But you need to know, even though you're far away from me and I can't see you in person, you're in my heart. And then he goes, the next phrase is, so out of our intense longing. Now, is he passionate for people? This word 
Intense longing is the one that's usually used negatively to mean cravings, lust, covetousness. So basically, when we use those words, cravings and lust, it's like, man, I know I shouldn't do this, but I don't care because I want this so bad. I mean, you end up doing things. Lust and cravings inside of you will cause you to do things you don't even want to do because you want it so bad. And what Paul is saying, he used that word to say, that's the intense longing that I feel. I will do anything. And that's what he says next. So we made what? Every effort to see your face. And this word is so fun. At making every effort. It's a very, very strong word that it means with speed and diligence. Which I think, again, we're going to get to here in the next couple of verses to show this athletic theme, I thought he tied it in right here. He used the word that when people back then heard it, they would think of the game, speed and diligence, giving everything you've got, like you do when you play a sport. You get in shape, you beat your body, you do drills and you practice, you memorize the playbooks, you do all of this stuff. You make every effort out of this passion. And then he says, why? For we wanted, there it is, there's my desire. We wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. See, this is, this is just crazy, you guys. He's making every effort, but he didn't just make it one time. People were his passion. And so he tried again and again and again. That's what was in the heart of Paul for these people. And then his last little line he's here, he says this, but Satan blocked our way. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Can Satan actually thwart the will of God? Well, what we do know from the Bible, Jesus talks that we have an enemy. <laughs> if you believe in Jesus and you believe what he says, well, we have an enemy. And he does fight nonstop to keep people from believing and throughout the scripture, you see Satan constantly causing opposition to disempower those who do believe in Jesus from living fully for him. So there is opposition, but he cannot defeat God. He can't thwart the will of God. This is not some equal battle. Can he hinder us? Yes, he can but he cannot defeat God. So that's why I think some of these scriptures that we love when we say God works in all things for the good. So even when Satan throws up his opposition, God can work in hard, tough situations for the good. And then Paul says, because we're more than conquerors through Christ. So a couple thoughts on this one. If Paul was saying, this is my desire, my passion is you, but Satan stopped me from being able to get to you. Here's a couple of thoughts. I think that God still, because you can't thwart God, was doing good. You know, one of the good things that came out of the point, the, the fact that Paul couldn't get to Thessalonica, to these believers, we have the letter, 1 Thessalonians. This letter of scripture was written because what Paul wanted to do Satan stopped him from doing. Hey, you guys, Satan, evil, tough, 
in this, in this world, you'll have trouble, Jesus told us. But here's what you can know. God can work in all things. And he did in this. Paul wrote the letter, and now we have it as Holy Scripture to us. So, and then, here's the other thing. It didn't stop Paul, because in, in chapter three, in the next chapter, the very first verse, it says this. So when we could stand it no longer, <laughs> I love that. Here's Paul again. He's like, man, his passion is for the people. And he goes, I couldn't stand it any longer. You know what he says? We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. So we sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. See, Paul didn't let the opposition stop him. It's like, well, man, that was our plan. That's what we were gonna do. And now we can't do it. So I guess, guess I'm not gonna reach out to these guys. No, he, he finds another way. See, that's what you do is you find a way when you're passionate about people, you find a way. And so, man, I, I think this fits with COVID so much, you guys. Because I want to tell you, I don't think this passion that Paul has for these people, I don't think it's necessarily just attending church. This type of pouring into somebody face-to-face -face doesn't really happen on Sundays. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in our auditorium right now. I love gathering here. And I love to see people face-to-face. -face. I love it. But the intensity that Paul has in this relationship, this is something that needs to happen anytime when we're all back together. This passion to be pouring into each other's lives and caring about each other's faiths, that is something that actually happens outside of just the general gathering when people are our passion. And I just want to say this. This is, why is Paul like this? Why is he so passionate with intense longing, making every effort, grieving like a father who lost his child? Why? Because God lives inside Paul. And this is the heart of God. God's passion is for people. He created every person and he loves them. And what's the whole message of the gospel of the good news is that sin has torn, God is saying, sin has torn you away from me. You live apart from me. You are separated from me. And so what does God do? He makes every effort by sending Jesus Christ to redeem you, to reconcile you, to bring you home. God's passion is for people and he does everything that he needs to do so that he can be in relationship with you. So let me just ask, what's a, what's a potential good thing that God's doing right now in the midst of COVID? And I, I think, and I've been praying for this a lot, I think God is helping us to see that attending Sunday morning, which God has always called his people to do, it's a beautiful thing, but it's not enough. For 16 years here at K2, I've been saying, if all you do is attend on Sunday morning, you are absolutely missing out on the essence of what the church is all about, because it's about loving one another and being in relationship with each other. Could it be that in the midst of this COVID where we have been separated on Sunday morning, that God is using this as a good thing to help us be the church, to develop our passion for people and in relationships. And so how are we finding a new way? How, how, how have we done this in the last four or five months? 
Well, initially, right, we did Zoom and it was amazing. You could still do your small groups on Zoom and we FaceTime each other. And now most of our groups are actually meeting. Almost all our groups are meeting, but we're meeting outside. We're taking advantage of the weather and being safe, but we're finding a new way. And you know what's happening? This is one of the most exciting things to me is a lot of our Life Together groups are actually now beginning to watch the service together. Some of you are doing this right now and I wanna say, way to go. You found a new way to have community on Sunday morning, to be face-to-face. And I just wanna encourage you, any one of you can do that. You could invite someone over, have breakfast beforehand, watch the service together and be in community. See, Paul was like, I can't get to you, so I'm gonna send Timothy. I'm gonna find a new way because I care so much about your faith. I'm gonna send Timothy and we can do the same thing. We can find a new way with our passion for people in our relationships. So that's the first thing from this passage that just shows when God is inside of us, there's passion, but the passion is for people. Now let's look at the second one, that people are the prize. People are the prize. It's very interesting in 1 Thessalonians, the next verse, chapter uh, two, verse 19. The very first word there is for. And so really what Paul is saying is like, man, you, I long for you. I care about your faith so much. You are so important to me. My heart longs for you, la, 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 everything that's in that passage. And then he says for, which it means, and here's why. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? What is it? Is it not you? Come on, man. Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Now, when he says here, what is our hope, our joy, or our crown? That word for crown, it's the interwoven wreath of leaves that you've seen in the Greek games. It was the crown, it was called. That's, this was the word for if you were victorious at the race, then they put that on your head. It's the, it's the Olympics, you guys, the gold medal now. It's standing on the top and having someone put the gold medal around you. You did it, you won. And what Paul is saying is, and what is the crown? What is the prize? You. Man, in another passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, Paul says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. Listen to this. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Please listen to me. There is one thing that will last forever that you can invest your life in and it's people. And he says, that is our crown. In fact, right before he gave this whole illustration of running the race to win the prize, he said this, right before that, he said this, I have become all things to 
all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Paul's given his life. He's passionate for people because people are the prize. And man, I, this isn't in my notes, but I just feel like, I just want to say too, listen to me. If you're watching this today and, and you're not a follower of Christ, you need to know that God sees you as his prize. You are so precious to him. So much so that he would give his life for you. So this life, the Bible's saying, this life, you guys, it's like a race. It's like athletic competition. And when you win, you receive the trophy, you get the medal and you receive the crown, right? And, and like that picture of the, of the, of the uh, Stanley Cup, but so many of the times they lift it up, they hold it up. And so here's my question for you. When your life is over and you stand in the presence of Jesus, what are you gonna be holding up as your prize? And the better question is, who are you going to be holding up? Who did you pour your life into? And so I just want you to think about this for a second. Every person that you help Okay, let me, now I'm gonna talk to, let me just talk to all of you who are followers of Christ. If you say you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, okay? Every person that you help engage and meet and get introduced to Jesus so that they can be reconciled to him, those people are your prize and your crown. But also every person whose faith you helped strengthen, that you helped encourage all of the people who are part of the church that you live in relationship with. And because God's inside of you and he, Jesus said, here's my one command, love one another. <laughs> love one another. The people in the church that you're loving, that you're strengthening, that you're encouraging, those are the people who are your prize. And they're your crown. When you stand in the presence of Jesus. So let me just ask this question. Why will we glory? The, the scripture says we will glory in the crown of people in the presence of Jesus. Why will that happen? Because here's what Jesus has said to every one of us who actually is a Christian. He said, follow me. Okay. Are you a Christ follower? He said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of, we see men, but the word is actually people. If you're a follower of Jesus, he says, then I'm making you a fisher of people because that's what I'm passionate about. I came to say people. I wanna be with my people forever. They're the prize. Jesus said, when you receive my spirit, he says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. <laughs> because I want everybody in the world to know how much I love them. 
That's what happens. If you're a Christian, then you're someone who's received the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will empower you and you will be my witnesses. And Jesus said this, all authority has been given to me. So go and make disciples. Be in the business of people. So if that's what Jesus says, he goes, hey man, if you, if you get reconciled to me and my spirit gets inside of you, guess what? I'm passionate about people, so you're gonna be passionate about people. You're gonna love people. You're gonna help people who don't know me know me and you're gonna help my, my children who do know me. You're gonna strengthen them and you're gonna encourage each other so that you stay strong in the faith. And I just think, when, when, like, why Jesus? Why? Why Jesus? Because in Hebrews it says, run the race marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. And then it says this, who for the joy set before him. See, see, Jesus was like, oh man, I can't wait either. Just like those pictures I showed you of all the joy and the celebration. It says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. He couldn't wait to finish the work the father gave him to do of being the savior of the world so that people could be with him forever. Every person you know is someone that Jesus Christ gave his life for. People are his passion. So if you helped someone that he loved, so just picture this with me. So in your days here, right now, as a follower of Jesus, if you help someone that he loved and died for, and you are the one that helped lead them and invite them and draw them to Jesus, he died for them, he loves them. But you, filled with his spirit, helped them to find him. Or, if you walked alongside other brothers and sisters like Paul in this passion and you encouraged their faith when they started to doubt, when they were struggling, when life got hard, or you, you answered their questions, you, you put your arm in arm with them and you helped strengthen and deepen their faith so it would last. Any person that you do that for, you're going to walk into his presence. And this whole passage is like the, the, the second coming of Christ, when it's all said and done, and you and Jesus have that reunion, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna put the gold medal around your neck. He's gonna hand you the trophy. He's gonna put the wreath on your head, and it's going to be every person that you helped find faith in Christ or stay true in their faith in Christ. And you know what, man? The joy, the joy that will be on Jesus' face <laughs> that the one he died for is with him. Man, he will have no greater joy. And you know what? And, and either will you. You will have no greater joy in that moment because people are the passion of God and people are the prize. So let me just close with some application for us here. Let's think about this for a second. 
And here's the first one I want to give you. I, I, I want to talk to you guys who are followers of Christ. Can I just ask you, if for whatever reason, this is your final day on earth, and you got to hang out and come into the presence of Jesus, are you going to have a crown? Are you going to have this trophy, this prize? Who is it that you've helped find faith in Christ? And who is it, what brother and sister, have you walked with and strengthened and encouraged their faith? I just, I just, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I read this passage not too long ago, I just realized, come on, man, I, I am a pastor. I, I do this because of the call of God on my life, and I love him. But I had to confess, and this is my first application. I had to confess to God that passion that Paul has, I need. And maybe you need to make that same confession today. That the truth is, you haven't helped anybody get into a relationship with Jesus. Or the truth is, I go to church, but I'm not in any relationship. I'm actually not encouraging or strengthening anybody else's faith. And I'm a follower of Jesus. I just got to tell you, then you need to confess that you're not loving his people. Because that's what Jesus called us to do, is to give our life away. I have confessed this. I want more of God's passion for people. And I want to remember that they are the prize. They're the prize to Jesus, and they will be my reward. And so the first application is that, is just confess to him, God, and just be honest with him. God, I don't know why, but I don't have your heart for people. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And he says, I will. And he says, I will cleanse you. If you'll confess your lack of love and passion for people and that you aren't actually helping people get in, in, in strengthening them in, their, in your faith, he goes, I, I'll forgive you, but I will cleanse you too. I will get rid of whatever it is that's hindering you so I can empower you again to be my witness and to be someone who pours into others. And then, can I, I just want to say, starting on, um, here's the next thing you can do, is starting on August 30th, we're actually, when, when COVID hit, we had just started a series called BLESS. And it's literally an acronym just for, for how do we, what are some practical ways that we can actually grow in our ability to help the people we love, that God loves, and help them to get connected back to God. So, that, that hit, COVID hit, right as we were starting that, we're going we're gonna to start that back up on August 30th. And I encourage you, man, watch it. And the acronym, the first one, because you can start doing this right now. The B is begin with prayer. Hey guys, just pray. Pray for your heart. Pray and ask God to give you his love for people and then pray for people. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. That God will move in their heart. It's powerful and it can work. So that's another step that you can take 
to develop a passion for people. Ask God for it. And then ask God to be moving in their heart. And then the last application, can I just, I just want to celebrate every one of you, listen to me, every one of you who's in life together at K2. Leaders and members alike. Yes, leaders, thank you for, for taking the mantle and providing the opportunity and leading your group. But the truth is, it's all of you who are the members of this group. You're loving each other. You're encouraging each other. You're strengthening each other. Our faith in the midst of COVID, the church can be awesome. The church can be great. The church can be loving each other powerfully. The church can be reaching people powerfully right now because people need grace. And I just want to say, I celebrate you. Way to go. Way to go. You are developing a crown. You are gaining the prize because you're pouring your life into people. And so for the rest of you who are watching this, please, please, uh, if you're not connected in relationship, go to our next steps. Give us your name. Give us some contact information and just say, you know what? I, I follow Jesus. I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I hear you. I hear your word to me today, God. I need to start connecting and pouring in to people. So man, go to our Next Step card. You can go to our website, it's there, k2thechurch.com, or go to our app, or, or right here on our links and click on these things and get connected to people. It's the heart of God. They're his passion and they're the prize. So Father, I ask that you would bless us, help us to receive this word and to act on it. God, give us your heart. Give us your love for each other, for every person in this world who has yet to know you. God, move in our hearts so that we can join you in your mission for people. And I pray for it in Jesus' name.